listening to the Last Gen Podcast brought to you by Miracle Word Ministries. These episodes are specifically created with students in mind. More than ever before, we must know why we believe what we believe, build strong faith, and stay on fire for God. We know that Jesus is coming soon, and we're going to live like this is the last generation. Are you ready? Let's go. You saw the title. We've got no announcements. You saw the title, Quick Obedience, Quick Promotion. Quick Obedience, Quick Promotion. We'll start as our theme scripture tonight, 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 6. 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 6. The Bible says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that the proper time he may exalt you. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. Let's see what the, um, the New Living says. Humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time he will lift you up in honor. You know, God has no problem with exalting you. I want you to, to put in the comments right now, I'm due for a level change. I'm due for a level change. Because what does exaltation mean? It means to lift up head and shoulders above the rest. So I want you to put that in the comments. I'm due for a level change. And you are. The Bible promises if you humble yourselves, which is what's fasting, that is one of the best ways to humble yourself. Because what you're saying is, I'm not, I can't do whatever I'm called to do out of my own uh, flesh power. I can't do this thing that God told me to do in my own strength. It's not by power, it's not by might, but it's by your spirit, says the Lord. So, fasting is a, is a great way to show God that you're humbling yourself. You're literally pushing away the thing that you crave most, which is food, and, and you're saying, God, I'd rather have your power than food. That's humility. Humility isn't, and I've seen such a, like a false humility among Christians. Humility isn't weakness or timidity. Humility is not timidity. Humility, in a, in a Christian sense, is understanding your position in Christ, that you, that you are seated in, in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, but then understanding that it's not by my own flesh. It's by the Spirit. It's by the work of God, and it's God alone who can help me do it. So when, when we humble ourselves in fasting and prayer, God promises us that he will exalt us. And what does exaltation look like in your life? Well, I believe that God has a high place in every person's calling. God has a high place in every person's calling. My uncle and aunt have been declaring this um, during, you know, during the last part of, of 2022 and the beginning of this year. We're not called to be small. I want you to, I want you to get a greater vision for your, your life's calling tonight. I want you to get a greater vision for your life's calling. I think, I really do think a lot of Christians are very content with being mediocre. Like, you know, like whatever you, you, you may be called to do, whether you're a, a businessman, businesswoman, whether you're a lawyer, a doctor, you know, not all of us are, are, are preachers, obviously, but whether you are called into the ministry, 
a lot of people and a lot of Americans are, are very content with being mediocre and average. Why? Because mediocre and average, that will get by. If you're mediocre and you're average, just in the way our economy is set up, like in capitalism, if you do well enough, you'll, you'll get by. You'll have enough to eat. It's true. People are content with being mediocre. And you know, I was talking to my uncle. I feel like this was a long time ago, but it just came back to my memory. And we were talking about, it, was, it wasn't like a deep conversation, but and I don't know if he remembers this, but I do. Um, because I, I've really started to think about it. But we were talking about you know, the ministry and how people don't have like a, a, a fervency, or, or it seems like some people don't have like a fervency for what God's called them to do, where they're just like, okay with however it goes, like, you know, just chill out, bro, you've got time, you've got time, you know, you can, you know, you can take, take tons and tons of time off, because, you know, but they don't have an urgency. And I started thinking, and I said this, I would rather, this is live, Kriston, I would rather be terrible at what I'm called to do than be average. I would all, honestly, and I'm not saying this for effect, I'm not saying this, uh, you know, to, to like hype it up, but I would rather die than be average and mediocre in what God's called me to be. And I know you would too, because that's literally, that's literally the heart of fasting and prayer. It's saying, God, I would rather go without food, go without sustenance for my body. I would rather that than just have a, a normal Christian life. The people that fast and pray are going to be the people that press in for more. Just like Jacob said, I won't let you go until you bless me. That's, a, that's an urgency. That's a fervency. I believe that's the victory trap. Because you, I'm telling you, you can't, like my uncle says, you cannot fake fasting. You can, you can fake lip service. You can say all you want. You know, I've had people t tell me all the time. And it's not bad to say, you know. But people will say, well, Alex, you know, God's, I, God really showed me a vision of what I'm called to do. And I really feel like it's supposed to shake the nation. And I really believe that this is going to be a worldwide revival. And I always say, like, listen, I say, that's, that's amazing. There's nothing wrong with, with having a big vision. And you better have a big vision. But you always, you always think to yourself, eh, not that I don't have faith in God. It's that I don't have faith in the people because then you check up on them in like six months and, and that thing that they told you that they were going to do, well, it didn't really work out because I, I'm, just, I'm just talking to some people and kind of getting things figured out. What happened? What happened to the world-shaking you know, revival? What happened to the thing, that, the great thing that God's called you to do? Never did it. Never stepped out in it. And those people seem to be okay with mediocre. A mediocre business, a mediocre life, a mediocre family life, mediocre spiritual life. Yeah, I pray sometimes, but when I get to it, just, just average, average, average. As for me, I would rather die. I've seen so many lukewarm people that it's, it's given me a distaste for that. I'm, I'm, you have to have a disgust for mediocrity. A disgust for mediocrity. What does Excel, what does Excel, I'm getting, sorry, I know. I know I'm not supposed to mention it, but Tiffany just said this is, bam. Um, what is exaltation? 
I'm believing that just like the word of the Lord is this year, transformation. It's transformation, but not, not one thing to an equal other thing. It's one level to another level. Your business won't look the same. Your spiritual life won't look the same. Your ministry won't look the same. Your family won't look the same. Your friends, your school. It's time for a level change. You can't be mediocre your whole life. I can't be mediocre my whole life. And God God's has a place for you that's at the top no matter where you are. No matter if you're in business or you're in ministry. If you're a single mom or, you're just a, or, or if you're single. God has a high place for you if you're willing to take it. Sometimes people need to ditch their prayer requests for 21 days of prayer and fasting and write new, bigger ones. One of the prayers that I've been praying is that, God, if my prayer requests have been too small, convict me. Convict me and give me larger ones. Ephesians 3.20, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly and above all we could ever ask or think according to the power that works within us. So if, you're, if your dreams are too small, sure you'll accomplish them, but what happens after you've accomplished it? If your biggest goal in life is to buy a thing, if your biggest goal right now is a certain watch or your biggest goal is a certain car, and I'm not saying it's bad to, to, to have desires. God will give you the desires of your heart. But if that's your biggest goal in life, what happens when it's done? Like, what happens when your house is paid off? What happens when, when you're able to, to uh, you know, to enroll your kids in private school? Whatever you're believing God for, your, your dream, you know, prayer requests don't always mean that's your dream. There should be an overarching calling in your life, an overarching purpose in your life that's big. And don't settle for less. Don't settle for less. Every single person is important in the kingdom of God. But... Not everyone will possess what God's ordained them to possess. That's the sad fact about it. Though God has ordained everyone to do the greatest and have the greatest impact in their generation, why are there people that die without ever touching the precipice of what God's called them to do? And we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about how you can access a, a quick promotion. A quick promotion through these 21 days of prayer and fasting. And then we're going to pray together, like as a family, that God's going to promote us this year like we've never seen before, that it's going to be a quick level change. Quick level change. This is what I wrote down, and I'm not, I'm not um, one to, to re, uh, read pre-written things that I write, but this is what I wrote. For many people, God has shown them a high place in their life, but failure, failure to claim it and move on it will cause them to never possess it. I'll read that again. For many people, God has showed them a high place in their life, but failure to claim it and move, or move on it or move quickly on it will cause them to never possess it. This is the second thing I want you to put in the comments. Just because God promised it doesn't mean it'll fall into my lap. I know that's a long thing to write, and it's not like a quick, catchy, uh, you know, 
phrase that has alliteration in it with all P's and stuff, but I want you to write it. Because I want you to get that in your spirit because this will, this will give you um, that distaste for taking your foot off the gas, that distaste for mediocrity. Just because God promised it doesn't mean it falls into my lap. I don't think a lot of people theologically understand this concept. Just because God promised it doesn't mean it will fall into my lap. Not everything, this is an important phrase that goes along with it, not everything that happens is God's will, and God's will doesn't always happen. That's what separates people who are at funerals who say, well, I guess God just needed another rose for, the, for his garden. That separates those people with people that understand, no, this was not God, this was the devil. I'm not, I'm not blaming everything that happens on God because it happened. If, if God was in charge or in control the way that people think he's in control, he's responsible for every murder, for every child's death, for every, uh, you know, assault that happens tonight. <laughs> That's a catchy one. I know it's like a paragraph. That's going to be my first tattoo. Um, not everything that happens is God's will, and not everything, not, not God's will doesn't always happen. What's, what's, where do we find that in the Bible? First, or 2 Peter 3.9. The Lord is willing that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So think with me for a second. Let's employ some th critical thinking skills. If God doesn't want anyone to go to hell, which is what the Bible says, why is it, why is it that most people, the majority of people that have ever lived on this world will not be in heaven but will be in hell? If it's God's perfect will that no one perishes but that everyone goes to heaven, why is it that the majority of people will not go to heaven and will go to hell? It's because God's not in control like that. God's not a puppet master. He doesn't pull strings to, to make every, you know, he's not orchestrating things in your life so that everything that happens, I guess God just wanted it that way. No, that's not it. There is a real devil and there is a real you. Those are two other possibilities. Not always God. It's either God, the devil, or you. A lot of times, it's you and the will of other, other men and women. So you have a choice. Am I going to take the fullest of what God has for me? Am I going to, you know, I, I start thinking like this, and I don't think a lot of teenagers think like this, because, you know, you know I'm 18. I don't have, you know, I'm not like dying in 20 years or in 10 years. But I don't want to be on my deathbed and think, what would have actually happened? Like, what would have happened if I would have taken God at his word and just went for it? What would have happened if I would have just gone with everything that I could possibly go with? You know, have the, have the mindset, if I perish, I perish. If I fail doing what, I'm, what I thought God called me to do, I'd rather do that than stay stationary. I don't want to be on my deathbed thinking, what if I really went for it? I don't want to have any regrets in this life.
Because one day we will, we'll not answer to ourselves. We're going to answer to God himself. He's going to ask us. He's going to have us give an account for the things that he's given us. What did you do with this instruction? What did you do with this instruction? What did you do with this talent? I don't want to have to look at him and say, Lord, I, you know, I just I wanted to play it safe because the stock market wasn't looking good and the housing market. But you saw the interest rates, right? At the, at the time that you called me to that, the interest rates were, were going up. That's not an excuse. I don't want to have anything to explain to God. I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. I know that's you too. So not everything that happens is in God's will, and not every, not, God's will doesn't always happen. It's actually up to you. That's why we have to pray. Pray that God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If it, would, if it was going to already fall into our laps, why would we have to pray that? There's people who say, and, and of my generation, this is, this is, I think, one of the biggest problems of my generation. And I'm not, I'm not one to bash my generation. I, I love Gen Z because I believe that they're really hungry for God. But in people that, that think, you know, it's almost like, probably not my generation, probably the generation before. The, the people that try to preach to my generation the whole message of there's nothing you can do to get out of God's plan for your life. You know, <laughs> I've heard it preached so many like dumb ways, like, but it sounds so spiritual and it sounds so good. Like, you can't, you can't uh, walk so far that you've never, that you've gone outside of God's plan for your life. His plan for your life is stronger than your will to disobey him. That's, again, not true. You know the only thing that you have to do to totally screw up God's plan for your life? Wait and do nothing. Wait and do nothing. You don't, you don't actually, <laughs> the devil doesn't have to get you uh, on the front page of the newspaper that you've like, you know, there's a scandal and everything. He just has to get you in a mindset that like, ah, I, you know, I can pray and fast later. I don't, I don't need to take 20. That's a little bit extreme. He just has to get you lackadaisical about your calling. That's it. And you'll miss it. But that's not us. That's not us in Jesus' name. I'm pressing forward to the high calling of Christ. I know you are too. And I believe that the, at the end of this 21 days, there will be a visible difference. Not like a, a feeling of like spiritual difference. Because there's already testimonies that have come in that are like physical changes, healings, financial testimonies. We just heard one today that someone sowed into this ministry and they said that they've, like right after they sowed one of their biggest seeds into Miracle Word Ministries, they, re they received the biggest, one of the biggest orders they've ever received in the history of their business. That's a real change. That's not, I feel more spiritual now. That's like, I see it. I see it working. It's real. It's tangible. But I believe that God in 2023 wants to take you to a high part of your calling. Not mediocre, not just good enough, but no matter where you are. If, if you own a business and you're a Christian, don't let the word Christian business become synonymous with the word small business. If you have a ministry, don't, don't think you're, you're a small ministry. If you're a single mother, don't just say, I'm just a single mother. There's always somewhere higher. You know, I started thinking, like, think of all the great men of God that shook our generation and the generation past. Billy Graham, A.A. A. Allen, Oral Roberts, 
uh, T.L. Osborne, Kenneth Hagen, you can go R.W. Shambach, you can go down the line. Uh, in our generation, Bishop David Oyedepo, uh, Enoch Adeboye, all of these, all of these great men of God that are shaking our generation right now. You could think, Lord, why aren't there more of them? You know what? Why, why do we only get men of God here and there? And you know, but the real question isn't why isn't God calling more people? The question is why aren't people stepping into what God's called them to do? There, there. Think about this. There are people that God ordained their ministry to be just as powerful, if not more powerful, than Billy Graham. But it never happened. Why? Because of their slowness to uh, answer the call and, and, and their uh, inability to see how big the calling was. Just because you have a big vision from God doesn't mean that it will just happen. That's the truth. That's the truth. I was talking with my mom. Um, she's a lawyer, and she's one of the, the greatest lawyers that ever lived, I believe. Both of my parents are lawyers, by the way. So imagine growing up in that household. Um, but, but it's great, because I actually have like an understanding of like U.S. law and stuff. Stuff that other people my age have no clue about. But I'm, I'm blessed, because I have a, a, um, a family of, of lawyers and stuff. So... Both of my parents are lawyers. My dad's a judge. My mom's a lawyer. Uh, and so they're, they're, they're pretty smart. But she, I was talking to her earlier um, this week, and I said, hey, mom, remind me, because she was telling me about this law or this concept in, in British common law, which is, which is the, the um, ideas that we all get our law from, which is British common law, which is Canadian law, British law, American law. We, it all stems from British common law. And she was telling me about this idea called adverse possession. Adverse possession. It's the idea, and many of you may probably have heard of this law um, called squatter's rights, but, but the real name for it is adverse possession. The law goes, like, and I'll show you in a situation. Let's say I commission a builder to build a house, uh, you know, up, up in West Palm Beach in the western part, where it's just, you know, it's just country and stuff. And I have a big mansion built, and I have it built to all the specs that I want. I have it built to all, you know, the, the size that I want, uh, pool, hot tub, everything, decked out. Amazing house, beautiful house, everything that I want, my dream house. I commission the builder to do it. It's, it's legally my house. My name is on the, the title deed of the house once it's done. But imagine if I just stay here, and I say, well, I do, yeah, I, I've got that amazing house in, uh, in West Palm Beach. That's my house. Well, legally, it's your house. But did you know that it's, it's also equally as legal that um, if, if someone, it could be a homeless person, it could be, you know, whoever, whoever sees that house and says, hmm, that's a good house. I like that house. That's a nice house. They can legally go into the house, plop their stuff down, start sleeping on the bed, bring their whole family in, and if I know about it and I do nothing about it, that house is now legally theirs. Why? Because if I don't move on it, if I don't take possession of it, someone else is free to take possession of it. That's the same thing with your calling. If, if God has told you to do something, whether it be from a prophetic word from a man of God or personal revelation from your prayer time with God, he's shown you a vision. He's shown you what he's called you to do, the next step to take, a place to move, a business decision to make. If you know about it 
and do nothing about it. Yet God said it was yours, but they're giants that are going to dwell in that land because you were unwilling to take the land. Unwilling to take the land. And the sad thing is, there's lots of people that will get to eternity and realize, look back with, with regret, thinking, what did I do? I gave up my inheritance. It's like Jacob and Esau. He gave up his inheritance. You know what should have been um, Abraham, Isaac, and Esau? But because Esau desired food more than he desired the blessing of God, it's now Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Why? He didn't value the high place God had for him, and he didn't jump on it. The title today is Quick Obedience, Quick Promotion. Quick Obedience, Quick Promotion. During these 21 days, God is going to speak to you about a, a thing to do, a decision to make, and a path to take that's not, you know, he's not telling you so that you can know the future. He's, he's telling you because if you take that action, that's what's going to open the door to the next level in your life. But if you don't, if you delay, if you don't jump on it, if you think there's more time to do it, I've had people tell me many times, hey, Alex, I feel called to start a revival like, like, or, or start a club at, at, at my high school. Like, I, I want your advice. Could you help me? And I tell them, you know, everything I knew to do, everything I learned from doing one in Virginia Beach, and I'd help them out, and I'd tell them all this stuff, and they'd be like, thanks, man, I, I really appreciate it. Six months later, hey, bro, how's that a revival? Well, I'm still believing. I'm believing God's going to, you know, bring the right people in. I'm just still having trouble with, you know, figuring out. And then they'll just come up with an excuses. Excuse after excuse after excuse. One of the things that I really admire about this ministry, about Evangelist Ted and Carolyn, is if they say they're going to do something, they jump on it. You know, it's, it's like a running joke it, it, you know, among the employees of this ministry. That if, if, you know, it's, it's like a whirlwind sometimes. You, you learn about things and then they just happen. So you, you either jump on the train or you miss it. Either jump on the train or you miss it. That's how God works. There's an instruction. Before every, before every level change in your life, there's an instruction. Before every level change, there's an instruction. Are you believing for a level change? Are you believing for the next level of your business, next level of your ministry, next level of your family? God's going to give you instruction. He always, always blesses the obedient. That's right, you either jump on the train or you miss it. And sadly, many people miss it. Many people miss it. I'm about to level up. That's right, I hear, I hear it in my, in my, I'm about to level up. That's right. I, you know, that's your confession. Put it in the comments. I'm about to level up. I'm about to level up. You know, personally, if I, you know, if I could just speak from a personal level. I've been in many meetings where I've received a prophetic word, as I'm sure you have as well. Maybe you've been in a meeting, in a Miracle Word Ministries meeting, my uncle's or aunt's meeting, and you've received a prophetic word. And it's been, it's been big. It's been a big prophetic word. 
But the sad thing is, if you don't act on it, God doesn't make you do it. God, God isn't going to make you step into the next level. How many have heard of Catherine Kuhlman? Catherine Kuhlman, a great, great woman of God who quite literally shook her generation. Catherine Kuhlman. I want to read you a quote from her that, like, that shook me to the core. She had one of the most influential ministries in the 20th century. Like so much so that she was like packing stadiums of people when, you know, when that was unheard of. And she was a woman. Like that was, that was crazy. About 100 years ago, 180 to 100 years ago, if you're a woman preacher, I mean, think about, I mean, women preachers now. There's people who don't even think that they're, you know, that think they're displeasing God by just taking a microphone. Think about it 80 to 100 years ago, Catherine Kuhlman, but had one of the biggest ministries in the world at the time. Everyone knew who Catherine Kuhlman was. Everyone. She shook cities. But here's a quote from her that shook me to the core. She said, I believe, and this is something she honestly believed and said multiple times, I believe God's first choice for this ministry was a man. His second choice too. But no man was willing to pay the price. I was just, think about this, man. This is powerful. I was just naive enough to say, take nothing and use it. And he's been doing that ever since. She would say time after time that, you know, I know that this ministry that God's given to me, his first choice wasn't me. I wasn't his first choice. His first choice was a man and then another man. And, and she knew by the Spirit that those two men heard the call of God and rejected it. Said, no, I'm not doing it. No, I'm not jumping. No, Lord, I'm not going to start that business. No, Lord, I'm not going to move. No, Lord, I'm not going to sow that seed. They heard the instruction and they ignored it. And it was God's will to take them high. But Catherine Kuhlman said, I was God's third choice, but I was naive enough to say, Lord, take me, who has nothing, and use me. And she said, and God has been doing that ever since. Hallelujah. That's anointed. That, that is anointed right there. It's like that song. I'll say, yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. I'll say, yes, Lord, yes, I'll trust you and obey. When your spirit speaks to me, with my whole heart I'll agree, and my answer will be yes, Lord, yes. Where are you believing God to take you in 2023? What financial level are you believing in Him to take you to? There's always an instruction that precedes the exaltation. Go back and watch it. I'm not recapping the entire thing. There's always an instruction that precedes the exaltation. Abraham, leave your father's country and go to the land that I'll show you. He could have been content staying where he was and say, Lord, that seems dangerous. It seems not wise. It seems like there's no money in it. It seems like it's just the desert. And what are we doing today? Still recounting his name. Why? Because he took a step of faith. 
For many of you, it's not even that God has to speak to you about something new. You still have to obey the last instruction. You still have to obey the last instruction that God's given you. God will not bless you to another level if you haven't obeyed the instruction of the previous level. It's stewardship. When God speaks to you, you're stewarding His voice. You've got to tune into it this fast. So for some of you, it's that you have to obey a prior instruction that God's given you. You haven't done yet what you need to do. For some of you, you just had the greatest year. Like, like I will say honestly, 2022 was the greatest year of my entire life. Bar none. And you're saying, Alex, you only, you've only had 18 of those. Well, I don't care. It's better than the rest of the 17, okay? 2023, I believe, will be the, the greatest year, far surpassing last year. But if, if you're like me and you say 2022 was the greatest year ever, I accomplished everything. You know, I had one of my best friends call me and say, you know, Alex, it's really great when it's been eight, nine days into a fast and I have to rework all of my prayer requests because they've all been answered. That's how I feel. That's how I, feel. That's how I felt going into the fast. Everything answered. I don't even know what to pray for. You need to, seriously, and that's why we're going to pray after this. We're going to seriously get before Lord, the Lord. Father, speak to me. Give me an instruction that will take me to the next level. Give me a clearer goal. Give me a higher goal. Give me a bigger vision for what you've called me to do. Because I'm not, I'm not leaving until you bless me. I'm not leaving until you speak to me. I will not eat until you show me what you've called me to do. Those are the types of prayers that God, that God answers. Consecration prayers. Consecration prayers. You know what's a good idea? Yes, we should always make our requests known unto God. That's what the Bible says. If you desire something, of course pray about it. But, have you ever thought that instead of praying about what you want from God, which you can totally do, I'm, I'm really, I'm not trying to sound like one of those preachers to say, well, how many know there's, there's some of us who just want what God can do for us and not God's face or whatever, whatever the heck they say. I don't even know. I'm not saying that. But instead of asking the Lord for what we, we want to happen in our lives, what if the thing that God knows that will fulfill you the most is behind an instruction that he's yet to give you? You can look at, look at it all throughout the Bible. The biggest blessings came when someone took a big risk or a big step of faith. So what if, what if your level change wasn't in, Lord, just give me a level change, give me a level change. What if it was, Father, speak to me something to do, an action to take that will take me to the next level? Whatever, if I'm in something I shouldn't be in, tell me. I'll get out of it. If I'm not in something I should be in, tell me. I'll get in it now. But the key is quick obedience. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. That's right. That song is everything. Consecration. It's what it means to have Jesus, the Lord of your life. And I really don't, 
I, I mean it when I say, I believe God has called you to something higher, something higher than you even think. Wrap your mind around it. Start thinking big. Stop saying, you know, well, I'm just this or I'm just that. What if God wanted to make you the greatest construction worker in your city, then in your area, then in your region, then in your state? There's, listen, there's no cap to where God will take you. He's given everyone the same Bible. Think about that. He's given everyone the same Bible. He's given everyone the same basic instructions for life, the same promises, the same covenant promises, but everyone's not at the same level. He's called everyone higher, but it's up to you to take it. It's a violent faith that takes what God has for it. And that's me. I have a violent faith. I have a violent faith in Jesus' name. We'll end with this. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 18. And then we'll pray. I don't want you to log off for prayer. This is the important part. This is what I, we're getting to. I'm leading up to this, the prayer. It's prayers of consecration. You ever, think about this. I was saying this on a broadcast. Uh, was it this last broadcast? I think it was this last broadcast I did when I was talking about sowing seed. Um, but I said, isn't it funny? And many of you, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. But isn't it funny how like, sometimes people say like, I just, I just can't hear God's voice. I don't know. I just, I can't hear what he's saying to me. It's hard for me to distinguish. Is this my flesh? Is it? But the moment, you know, you ask him, what should I give? Immediately, you've got it. Or the moment you ask him, Lord, point, point someone out for me to uh, minister to, to witness to. Immediately, you got it. So it wasn't hard to hear his voice then, was it? That's the same for me. It seems like he's qu quickly, it seems that quickly, Is that better? Okay. Tiffany's trying to stay in the, in the background. It's okay. I don't, I don't care if it... Um, <laughs> God's voice is easy to hear. I don't, I don't want to hear anyone ever say, I just can't hear God's voice. I can't hear... It's, you can hear God's voice. You're tuned into his frequency. So isn't it funny that like whenever you pray a prayer, God, I'll say what you want me to say. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll go where you want me to go. It seems quick, quicker God speaks that way. Why? Because it's a consecration. It's not my will, Lord, but it's yours be done. God answers those prayers. Because you know, God has an agenda on the earth. It's prayers like that, that Billy Graham prayed, that A.A. Allen prayed, that Oral Roberts prayed. God had a purpose on the earth. There are thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of people that those men personally impacted that otherwise, if they would not have prayed that prayer, if they would not have asked God, those people would go un, um, untouched, unreached, unchanged, many in hell. So it's not just for you. It's for the people you impact. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 18. 1 Timothy 1.18. We'll go analog with this one. Paul tells Timothy, Timothy's his, his spiritual son in the faith, and he's writing this letter to him to encourage him in what he's called to do. 
He says this, this, I char- this charge I entrust to you, Timothy, my child, in accordance with the prophecies previously made about you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. Timothy, my child, in accordance with the prophecies made about you, that by them you may wage a good warfare. There's prophetic words that God has given in my life personally, and I'll just talk from from a personal experience. There's prophetic words that God has given me in my life, whether it be through men of God or or personally, that I, I believe with my whole heart. But notice how he says, Timothy, he doesn't say, Timothy, just wait for these things to happen. He says, Timothy, wage a good warfare with them. You should, you should honestly, you should have a book. You should have a notepad, whether it be in your phone, on a physical piece of paper, of all the words that God has given you. I know, I know people who like to record the words that they get in service just to look back on them. But you should have them listed out so that any time you feel discouraged or that, Lord, I can't do it, I don't know if I'm, I'm able to do this thing that's that big, you take the prophecy that God gave about you, you take his word, and you wage a good warfare with it. But it's not sit and wait for it to happen. It's an active thing. There's many people who had prophecies prophesied over their life. It's another thing to actually see it. We take the prophetic. The prophetic is meant to wage a warfare with. So I believe tonight, if God hasn't given you, or or if you don't have a big enough vision for this year, if you don't have a big enough scope in what you're called to do, or if, or if, it's, something, if it's something that you can already do in your flesh, that you can accomplish, no problem. Your dream's too small. Think of something bigger. Think of something bigger. If you can do it in your own flesh, and a sinner could do the same thing, you're thinking too small. If a sinner's already done it, it's too small for you. They don't have the Holy Ghost. They don't have the mind of Christ. We have a very severe advantage. Think bigger. Dream bigger. If you don't know what you're called to do in life, these are the times that God gives it to you. Prayer and fasting. Paul, the Apostle Paul, got his his calling through prayer and fasting. He was sent out through prayer and fasting. These are the times where your destiny is completely changed. Completely changed. And then, this is the caveat. Once God speaks to you, and he will, through these 21 days, even tonight, I believe people will will hear a clear word from God. But as you listen to his voice, you have to vow, as I hear your voice, I'll say yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. Because by delay, you'll defer your destiny. There's your alliteration. By delay, you'll defer your destiny. Delayed obedience is still disobedience. Delayed obedience is still disobedience. So if you want God to speak to you, if you want a bigger scope, where you look down and you say, Lord, this was big to me at one time, but now I've, I've increased, you've increased me, now it's too small. I need a, I need a bigger vision. Open my eyes, open my spiritual eyes to see what I'm called to do to, to a greater measure. And he'll always give it to you. And you say, yes, Lord, yes. And that's when the blessing comes. That's when the favor comes. 
You delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. That's when major blessings come. Look at that. Joshua said, oh, also, literally day two of the fast, I heard God clearly tell me to do something that I've heard him tell me to do multiple times over the past year, but kept putting it off. That's right, because God's not going to give you an, an instruction after you've not, not followed the previous instruction. Instructions are chronological. I got up and obeyed him right there and, and did it. And you will not believe the blessing I've received since then. And that's right. God blesses obedient people. God doesn't bless people who drag feet. God doesn't bless excuse makers. The eyes of the Lord search to and fro across the whole earth, looking for one's heart who is turned towards him. And if he doesn't find it in you, he'll find someone else. That's the cold fact about it. But are you going to be the person that says, God, if you're looking for someone to be obedient, look no further. You found me. Lord, you found me. Lord, if you're looking for faithful people, you found me. If you're looking for people to shake their generation, you found me. Put that in the comments. You found me. And we're going to pray. Father, in Jesus' name, as all these people have gathered together, and you can put the music on Tiffany if you can, um, as all your people have gathered together to pray, to press in, to fast, to seek a blessing, to seek a level change, I thank you that your integrity still stands. That as you said, when we seek, we will find. As we humble ourselves, you will exalt us to a new level. And we thank you that as your eyes look to and fro across the whole earth, that you found us who will be faithful and obedient to do what you've told us to do. Now those who are watching at home, I want you to take action in this. This isn't watch Alex pray or have a good time where Alex gets all sweaty and prays in tongues like an African. This is, I want to, I want to get in on what God has for me. Get in on what God has for you. Because I don't know about you. There's a, there's a faith that says, I don't care whether you get it or you get it, but I'm going to get it. I, I, I believe R.W. Schimbach had people say that. Uh, you know, turn your, it wasn't turn your neighbor and say tonight's your night. He said, turn to your neighbor and tell him, I'm getting it whether you do, whether you do or not. So that's me. I, I really want you guys to get it. But if nobody else gets it, Lord, I'm getting it. I'm receiving level change. I'm receiving new open doors. I'm receiving transformation. So I want you to press in. Press in with me. These next couple minutes, I want you to pray with me. We're seeking the voice of God. We're seeking a spiritual empowerment. Father, in Jesus' name, we praise you. We thank you for everything you've done for us. We praise you for everything you've done for us up until this point. And we see its worth and we see its value. But Lord, we know that you have greater things in store for us that will far surpass what you've already done. That will make us laugh to think of the place that we were today. Father, I thank you that as your people press in to hear your voice, you will quickly speak to them. And Lord, we vow that as you quickly speak to us, we will quickly obey. And quick obedience will lead to quick promotion. I want you, right now, if, if you're watching at home, if you have to go shut yourself in your room, do it. 
If you have to go to your car, do it. We're going to pray. We're going to actually speak to God. I want you to start praying in the Spirit. When you pray in the Spirit, you're building up your most holy faith. You're building up your spirit, man. You're edifying yourself. And you're actually praying. The Holy Spirit's praying through you. So instead of my will being prayed, it's God's will being prayed. And that's where I've, I've learned that I hear God the clearest when I'm praying in the Spirit. So I want you who are at home, if you're doing a Facebook watch party and you've done that, I want you to take, take it like time. Let's be spiritual people and not, not care what we sound like because we're ashamed of the Holy Spirit. Let's actually pray in tongues. Are we Pentecostals or not? We are. That's right. So we'll pray in the Spirit. Father, thank you. We praise you, Father. We thank you that you're good. We thank you that your plans for us are good. We thank you that there's no ceiling to what you've called us to do. We thank you that you're the giver of all good gifts. Father, we thank you for upholding us through 2022, for keeping us through 2022. We thank you that you're going to do even greater in 2023. In Jesus' name. For your word says, What no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the good things that God has prepared for those who love him. But these things have been revealed to us by the Spirit. Father, we're asking you today that by the Holy Spirit, you would reveal to us everything that you've called us to do. If it's an instruction, give us an instruction that will take us to the next level. If it's something to stop doing, convict us of it, Lord. If it's something to start doing, convict us of it. Give us new ideas. Give us business ideas. Give us God ideas that will take us to unheard of places in your blessing. In Jesus' name. The minute you step out and God sees you're faithful, that's when He brings the blessing. That's when He knows He can trust you to steward His voice for you. As he's speaking to you, Father, as you speak to me, what you've told me to do in this new year, this new instruction that you're giving me, this higher level that you're calling to me, I will obey. I consecrate that I will obey. I will quickly obey. I'll step out very quickly in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name name. Father, I thank you that 2023 will be a year that we see things that we never even thought we could see. That though it takes other people 10 years, 20 years, 15 years to do something, you're exalting us quickly. You're bringing us to a high level quickly. That where it takes wicked people many years to accomplish, you'll, you'll do it in just one year. We thank you that at the end of the year, we'll look back and say, we've acquired more than anything that wicked person could have done in 10 years. In Jesus' name. I'm at a higher place in my calling than I could have ever been doing what the world's doing. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord. 
We thank you. Give us new vision. Give us new purpose. In Jesus' name. And now for people who are believing for breakthrough, believing for turnaround, where you've, you've really made a demand on the Word of God and you say, God, I'm, I'm believing that this, th- this thing has to happen. This thing has, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of seeing my family members unsaved. I'm sick and tired of seeing these things not happen. Father, we take a hold of what you've called us to do. We take a hold of all your promises that you've made in your word. We take a hold of healing in Jesus' name. We take a hold of prosperity in Jesus' name. We thank you that no devil will be able to stop what you've told us to do. In the name of Jesus. That's right. I will be at a higher place in calling than I would have ever be doing what the world is doing. That's right, in Jesus' name. Christian people should be the the most excellent people. Christian business owners should be the most prosperous business owners. We have the Word of God, which literally, I mean, if, if you only took Proverbs, that's enough instruction to be more blessed than everyone on your street. Father, for those who are believing for unsafe family members, we call them into the kingdom now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We thank you that we will see everything you have for us this year. And we'll see it tangibly. And we'll see it tangibly. In Jesus' name. If you believe it, I want you to put amen in the comments. Type amen in the comments. So be it unto me. I want you, one of the things that God has ordained and has purposed is that if you're going to go to a new level in finances, if you're going to go to a new financial level, finances don't answer to just prayers. Finances don't answer to just fasting. Financial level change only answers to financial seeds. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. So, if one of the things that you're believing for, and I believe everyone should be believing for this, everyone should be believing for a financial level change, because the Word of God promises it. So don't let it pass you by. This is the year that our finances will transform. For some people, it's getting out of debt. For other people, it's, it's taking to a high, high place. There's my brother Jonathan. Miss you. Financial level change only responds to financial actions, financial seeds. I can tell you personally that I personally sow into this ministry every month. I personally, and I'm not saying that to brag, but I'm saying that by example. I I sow into this ministry a lot. I sow the biggest seed I've ever sown. And that's why I'm, I'm very expectant to see a big harvest. But you notice, you can't be expectant to see a big harvest if you've got no seeds in the ground. What, what idiot farmer would go to an, un, you know, an unseeded land, a dry land which just dirt, and be like waiting there for harvest, waiting for crops to spring up? What? That's nuts. 
Why? Because they've not put any seeds in the ground. You know what? Philippians chapter 4. This is perfect. Philippians chapter 4. People like to quote this for sure. But you've got to understand the context of this. Philippians 4.19. We've heard it all the time. People quote this all the time. But most people that quote it don't have any right to quote it. Philippians 4.19. And my God will supply every one of your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. You hear people quote that all the time. Well, my God's going to supply all my needs. That's not true for everybody. Why did Paul say to the Philippian church? Why did Paul say to the Philippian church, my God will supply all your needs? Well, he says it before. He says it in the, in the previous verses. This is the reason that he promised them this. Yet it was kind of you to share in my trouble. And you Philippians yourselves know that at the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except only you. You're not qualified for God to break you through financially if you don't sow any seeds. You know, it's like, it's like listening to a motivational uh, video. A quick story, I was in Texas for about five months. I lived in Texas for about five months. And um, I worked at this company that basically the entire company was just made up of a bunch of bros. And if you don't know what I mean by bros, I mean like gym bros, frat bros. They're just all like, all bros. Ralph and Jenna can tell you, they, all bros, they're all, they're all about the gains, partying. There's a lot of them there. And they had some high energy. And it was a sales job. And so every time we would go into our daily meeting, there would most likely always be a motivational video that we'd watch. And let me just tell you, these people got so hyped for these motivational videos. Like I'd be sitting, it would be like rows of people. And, um, and I'd be sitting there and like, I, I could just remember the, the thing that ticked me off the most, because I'm not a fan, I'm really not a fan of motivational videos. You know, like some guy screaming like, if you don't want pain, you're gonna have no gain. Like I just, does nothing for me. I really, I could not care less if there was some orchestral music playing behind this dude working out. I don't know you, I don't care. I, this is not, so like these are the type of guys that would like see a motivational video and they'd be like, yeah. I'm sorry if I'm, I'm blowing out the microphone to me, but they'd be like, yeah, LFG bro, LFG. And they get all hype about these motivational videos. You know, it'd be like, it'd be like The Rock. It'd be like, they'd also have, which is funny to me, but they'd have, um, have some preachers in there, but they just take out the part that, you know, they wouldn't put the Bible verse in there, just the part where preachers got real hot in preaching. But they get all, all excited about these secular, just things like, good things are coming to your life. You're going to have the best year you've ever had. You know, like, nothing can stop you. Even if you fall down, you'll, you'll pick back up. You, like, you know, just like, and the, the reason I couldn't stand them, I, I, li I cringe so hard. Ralph can tell you, because I worked with Ralph. And Ralph is, is Jenna, uh, Jenna Joyner. You know Jenna Joyner, all of you, our administrator. Um, her husband, Ralph. Uh, I worked in the same place as he did for the summer. And I looked back at Ralph every time, you know, when those motivational videos would come on, I would just look back at him and roll my eyes. Ugh, it was sickening to me. What, what, the reason was, because what, what basis do those people have to tell you 
your life is going to be awesome. You're going to acquire everything. All your hopes and dreams are going to be accomplished. Why? They've got no basis. They're just, that's wishful thinking. Encouragement without a solid foundation is just wishful thinking. So these people will get all hyped up. They go all like, LFG, bro, let's go. Then they go out and then they sell nothing and then be all down and then they get back and they hear the same message again. They're like, oh my gosh, LFG. Which, as Evangelist Ted points out, it's, it's, it's let faith grow. It's nothing else. Um, and then re- repeat the cycle. But notice, they had no basis to believe that their life was going to get better. Why? Because there was no foundation. No integrity was backing that up. Because if they failed, who was the liar? The person screaming at them? Sure. They've got no, no way to, to ensure that they're telling the truth. So that's how I kind of feel about people who quote Philippians 4.19 without sowing a seed. It's wishful thinking. My God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Without, without doing the thing that God told them to do. That will cause him to supply all their needs. If, if you quote Philippians 4.19 without sowing a seed, you are the LFG bro. <laughs> I just know God's going to break me through. Why? Why is he going to break you through? And if your answer could totally be because I sowed a seed in faith and God will not be mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. That's the right answer. The wrong answer is, well, I'm just believing. You'll be believing, and you'll not see it. The Philippians sowed a sacrificial seed. Philippi was in the region of Macedonia. Macedonia, Paul said, was a very poor place. And out of the Macedonians' poverty, they sowed a lot of money. Out of their lack, they sowed an abundance. Then Paul, seeing their sacrificial giving, says, now that you've done that, my God will supply all your needs. I'm sowing the biggest seeds because I'm, I'm looking for the biggest. I know you are too. And as you connect your finances with this ministry, just as we've got testimonies over and over and over again about how people sowed large seeds and saw large things, that'll be your story. But notice, it comes by an instruction. It always comes by an instruction. Every time I, I, I set out to give, I ask the Lord, Lord, what would you have me give? I want you to do the same. Lord, what would you have me give? And as you pray that, I promise the Lord will tell you, he's not going to hold that back. These are the ways to give, miracleword.com, Cash App, Venmo, PayPal. And then also, I want you to actually consider not just sowing a uh, a large sacrificial seed, but which God will bless you for. But I want you to consider becoming a partner of Miracle Word Ministries. I'm not doing this, by the way, because they were like, make sure you get that offering in. Now, I believe in this ministry. I, I sow on a regular basis to this ministry, personally, because I believe where this is going. I really do. I really do. We're about to launch Miracle Word Church, and we're... We're of the mindset that says we're not going to be mediocre. We're not going to be small. We're not looking to do some rinky-dinky thing. You've heard Evangelist Ted and Carolyn talk about it over and over. We're not called to be small. We're not called to be small. Miracle Word Church isn't, and that's what we're shooting for. Excellence, big things, big harvest, quick promotion, quick increase. And as you partner with the ministry, just as so many people have seen, it'll happen for you. 
in Jesus' name. This surely will be a year of financial transformation if you do the things God's told you to do. But obey Him. Obey Him. He's not telling you to do something just to make you feel convicted. On the other side of that, that uh, instruction is a massive blessing. Thank you.